This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the last edition for 2016 of the Top Rope Nation podcast and webcast. If you're watching us here on Patreon, I'm Ryan Drostity, editor-in-chief of Top Rope Press, joined as always here by my co-host, Mr. Kyle Ross, also a member of Top Rope Press. Kyle, what's going on out there in Cleveland? Yes, also a member of Top Rope Press, very liberally. Oh, wait, <laughs> Shameless plug. Yes, I apologize for that. It's uh... It's bowl season, and wow, does that uh, take a lot out of a man if you're in the industry of sports handicapping. But uh, I am here, ready to talk pro wrestling. Things are going well in Cleveland. Uh, This should be the last time I ever do a podcast from this house, by the way. That's true. I am am moving in 10 days, I think. So that's another reason why I've been absent from the site sans SmackDown. Yeah, if, you, if you're a Top Row Press reader, you may have noticed that Kyle has been a little bit absent, although he has been uh, still reviewing weekly SmackDown, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. But yeah, he's been going through a move out there in Cleveland. So next time, we'll have a different backdrop for you here on the webcast for those of you that are watching the show live right now. I'm one of those no good fucking part timers, I guess. You know, that <laughs> job, right? Well, we're going to be calling you back for full time here pretty soon. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so like I said, this is a webcast and a podcast. So um, for those of you that are Patreon supporters of the show, thank you first and foremost. Um, if you're listening to us right now, uh, later on, and you want to watch the show live or watch the show on demand, you can become a Patreon supporter of Top Rope Nation. Just head on over to patreon.com slash Top Rope Nation. Get access for $1 a month or whatever you want to give to help out the show. And uh, you will exclusively have access to these weekly podcasts, as well as watching them live on demand. Our pay-per-view webcast will remain free for everyone, but uh, these standard editions of the show, these are going to be Patreon only as far as the webcast goes. And you'll also get a a day earlier. Uh, I will post the audio version of the show, audio only for the world, but that will go out. 24 hours on delay just to give our patreon supporters a reason to uh you know keep helping the show out so got to do it you got to do to pay the bills right kyle yeah uh by the way uh something that you will not know until now because i'm going to reveal it i'll peel back the curtain um i'm not wearing any pants right now so, <laughs> so there is a reason for you to subscribe kyle yeah, there you go right out there in cleveland ohio 
I felt really bad last time. I looked like the biggest bum in the history of mankind. No offense to bums. I know we've all fallen on hard times once or twice in life, but uh, I at least put a respectable uh, hoodie on for this time because last time I looked at myself and I was just like cursing. Like I had to like just turn away almost <laughs> from the camera last time. I looked so horrible. It was embarrassing. It was late at night. It was when we did the uh, roadblock recap, yeah. right? God, I looked awful <laughs> that night. So. I actually showered before this one, put a nice top on. But, you know, I thought it'd be funny if I still wore no pants. <laughs> well, if you guys want to judge our appearance, feel free. Become a Patreon supporter. You can criticize the way we look all that you want. <laughs> so, yeah. with that being said, you guys, we are going to talk year-end wrestling awards today. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on this week in WWE. Um, we wanted to start off by talking about this week's SmackDown Live, which was newsworthy for many reasons. Uh, number one. For the first time since the draft, SmackDown had more viewers than Raw this week in the ratings, which I think is uh, definitely worth noting. Uh, just barely. I think it was like it's like 30,000 more homes that tuned into SmackDown, but just barely more than Raw. And it was also a really, really good show, especially compared to the Monday Night Broadcast. But uh, Kyle, who reviews the show weekly over at Top Row Press, had some strong feelings on the tag team title switch that happened on the show kyle take it away yeah well actually let me back it up it's interesting that the two times smackdown has beaten raw you referenced it just this past week and then also uh the draft show realistically they should have beaten raw those shows like if they to be honest it would be a bigger deal had they not beaten raw because smackdown was the more hype show both of those weeks and that's just the way it works um, Raw still has, had to contend with Monday Night Football, which I believe did the best number of the year with the Cowboys in it. Uh, who'd they play? The Lions. Yeah, it was like 18 million, I think. Yeah, yeah and it actually was, it wasn't that competitive of a game. So um, I didn't look at the quarter hour breakdowns. I don't know if Raw picked up steam late when that game kind of became a blowout. But yeah, SmackDown should have won this week. It was a well-hyped show. Three title matches, return of John Cena. And it was very good. I, I think the last two SmackDown shows were probably the best of the year. Uh, they, they were both exemplary programs, I thought, top to bottom. But as I thought about it more and more as the week went on, you know, I, I posted the recap. I gave American Alpha best moment just because, you know, as a moment, I guess it was the most notable thing. But, you know, I started thinking about it more after the show, Ryan, and not to be a nitpicker, I really disagree with that title change, taking the belts off the, a hot act like the Wyatts and putting them on American Alpha, who truth be told had gotten kind of cold on the main roster. It's not that I don't like American Alpha. If you would have asked me six months ago, would they be tag team champions going into 2017? I probably would have said, yeah, but so much with wrestling being successful is about pushing the right button at the right time. And WWE for all of, the successes it's had this year, they still struggle at doing that. And this was kind of exhibit A, where it's like, all right, yeah, we all like the team that was is now the champions, but was it done in the most effective manner? I think the answer is no. Before I go into that, I'm going to throw it back to you, which will allow me to catch my breath. But do you agree kind of with where I'm heading here, or am I just out on a limb? No, I agree. I think uh, on our last show prior to the, the pay-per-view show, Roadblock, we were talking about American Alpha and how we were 
we've we've kind of i guess over the last few months we've been kind of dismayed with how they've been booked and how they've lost so much steam and it really didn't strike why the iron was hot with them and uh we really liked what was going on with orton and the wyatt family and uh that's the, yeah that's the thing that shocked me the most is because for the first time in years it seems like the wyatt family actually has some steam and i'm interested in what they're doing and already took the titles off of them you would think with american alpha winning the belts for the first time on the main roster that they would uh you know it would happen a bigger moment i mean they've waited this long five plus months and then to just kind of do it on a weekly television show i thought yeah i thought it, it lacked some steam there for sure okay let me ask you this was this done just to do a surprise like, do you think that this was the original plan weeks ago? I say no, because if you remember, the Hype Bros were supposed to be in this spot originally. They won that Battle Royal. And I cannot believe that they were going to put the Hype Bros over the Wyatts. So let's give WWE a benefit of the doubt, because so many times you know, people rail against them and then it becomes an irrelevant rail. Uh, can you see this as just being like a two-week quickie thing and then they go back to the Wyatts? Do you think, in other words... WWE, the creative team on SmackDown, rightly saw, okay, we can't beat Alpha here. They're already kind of cold. I think I use the term bridesmaids in the recap. And then, you know, they saw that. They're like, oh, God, if we beat Alpha again, they're really screwed. So you're like, all right, you know what? Let's give them something. We'll give them this win here. But then, you know, we're going to go back to the hot hand with the Wyatts. Can you see that unfolding? I thought about that a little bit that night. And um, one of the things I thought possibly was that they knew they'd have a bigger audience. Like you said, the show was, was packed with advertising. You had the WWE title match promoted ahead of time. You had the women's title match. You had John Cena's return. So maybe they recognized American Alpha's lost a lot of steam. I hope they recognize that. And they thought, yeah, do the surprise, and that will pick them back up again. That was my thought. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, because obviously, I don't think this was planned two, three weeks ago when they had the Hype Bros win that Battle Royal. The yeah. plan could not have then been, oh, well, American Alpha is going to win the tag team titles on the last show of the year because they weren't even supposed to be in the match. Right. So I think this was something like, all right, we got three title matches. And let's just change one. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense when you get three title matches on one show. And if you want people to keep tuning in, if you're going to have a bigger audience one week and you want to give people a reason to tune back in in the future when you heavily promote these kinds of bouts. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I don't, I don't know. I did. I did want to come back to what you said about the ratings though, because um, like we talked oh. about with, with the draft show. Yeah. That beat raw on the ratings doesn't really count though. as like a split show, right? Because they hadn't, they didn't have the split rosters officially yet. And they've been really close to topping Raw um, previously, yeah. like with the Undertaker's return and stuff. But I, I don't know. I still feel like it's pretty significant. I don't say that you could expect them to outdraw Raw this week, even with with the promotion, with the competition from football. I think it's it's kind of been trending this way in recent weeks, where Raw has been pretty steadily below three million. SmackDown's been kind of slowly climbing up and. Uh, I, I was surprised when I saw it when I wrote the article with the ratings report. So, well, SmackDown, I think we can both agree is the better show on a yeah. almost a weekly basis. Um, it's it's just I don't know. I, I think I can't remember the last time I liked Raw better than SmackDown. But I can't remember the last time I liked Raw in general. Yeah, but honest. 
<laughs> you know, it, it's had some moments with Charlotte and Sasha matches, but other than that, it's just, you know, the three hour four, whatever. It's a dead course. The three hour format kills it. Um, what was I going to say there? But oh, here's the thing. Back to this point about whether or not, you know, this was to be expected. If I'm on the SmackDown side and we hadn't beaten Raw this week, I would have been disappointed. Yeah. Is I guess. Like, I would have been like, we've got this, we've got John Cena returning. We're calling the show something special. I didn't really understand the wild card finals, what, what the purpose of that, what, what that name meant. But, you know, they named it something. It was a well-hyped show. Uh, and Raw was just kind of a, you know, it's usual, we go in a circle and we're kind of in the same spot as we started type affair. So I would have been mad if I was like the SmackDown creative team and we had not beaten Raw this week, I would have actually been mad. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, the the stance I take with the ratings. But uh, I'm sorry. Did you want to? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Build on that. Oh, I was going to bring it back to the okay. title discussion. Yeah. Do you think then the Wyatts can win this title back in a week or two? Can yeah, see- I, okay. I could see it happening. Are I the don't... Wyatts right now being fair and objective a higher ceiling act than American Alpha? Meaning. Are they a more legit? Are they more legitimate as a headliner of the weekly TV show? Um, you know, I don't know about a pay per view, but you know, just as a weekly TV headliner, are they more legitimate Met role than American Alpha? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I would agree yeah. wholeheartedly, which is why I use the term higher ceiling. I, everyone likes American Alpha. I think they're a great team. I think when they were brought up, they were the mindset was to make them the future tag team stars of the brand. Um, I still think it is, but I want to double back now and, and go months back here, go deep into the foxhole with the discussion that of, of pushing the button at the right time. And as, as good as SmackDown's been since the brand split, I think there's been some misreads in the tag division with um, the hot hand. And you and I raised eyebrows at the time when they did this. And, in retrospect, I think it's even more eyebrow rising. I never got the allure of that Slater Rhino act. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get why they stayed with it for so long. Yeah, because they really did nothing after they won the house. I get that they were kind of over, but to me, you also kind of sacrificed that good Usos heel turn, mm-hmm. which was really effective. And the fans bought. I mean, there was some momentum with that, and that thing. Uh, you know, the Usos are another team who's kind of dead right now. I mean, they're sort of slotted, you know, as the number two heel team on the brand in perpetuity. Uh, to me, and I know people, some people hate fantasy booking, and that's a fair criticism, but and, and it's hard because a lot of things happen, and, and it's a lot easier to say in retrospective with the benefit of hindsight. But I don't think this is with the benefit of hindsight. I, you and I agreed the Usos should have won that initial tournament. They yes. injured American Alpha. They should have won the tournament and then had Alpha chase them. Mm-hmm. That's your angle right there. Yeah. Initially to get those titles over. Alpha, I don't know how long that chase lasts. Something tells me, I don't know, by like no mercy or sometime in the fall, American Alpha would have eventually beaten the Usos and won the titles. Yeah. And I don't know how well they would have gotten over, but it would have been interesting. But, you know, if, if American Elf is fresh and, you know, they really haven't lost a lot and been in the 50-50 booking, I think they're hotter then. And then maybe you can go to the Wyatts, this act, which is, you know, people need to realize 
you know, you, you said it, this is as hot as the Wyatts have been in a long time. And it's really as hot as Randy Orton's been in a long time. Because oh, yeah. to really pin it down about the sense of timing, if you watch, go back and watch the match, they did a sympathy. I referenced it in my write up. They did a spot, which was a classic spot to get heat on the baby face in that match toward the end. Uh, Alpha just eliminated the Usos. Usos pulled, I can't remember if it was George or Gable outside the ring and started beating him down, which is mm-hmm. a classic move to get sympathy for the baby face comeback against the lone remaining heel team. What did the crowd chant when they did that? I don't remember. <laughs> you remember? They had RKO. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wanted, to see, wanted to see American Alpha get RKO'd and lose. Yeah. And I was like, well, oh, that wasn't probably the desired thing. And there was a spot later in the match where the crowd was dying for an RKO. Um, so, you know, yeah, the crowd popped. Yeah, it was a good moment. I even gave it best moment of the show. But I think the execution was a little clumsy. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. SmackDown creative. Let's see where they go with it. But I would not be upset if the Wyatts get the titles back. Because I just think the Wyatts are a higher ceiling act than American Alpha at this point. What did you think? And for Bray. For Bray, this whole tag team title thing is a good thing because I've mentioned this ad nauseum. He's dead end as a main event heel. Yeah. We've seen him in these programs and he always loses in the end. So this was kind of a freshening up of him. You know, people are like, oh, well, now Luke Harper can work Randy Orton. Do you think Luke Harper's going over in that feud? No. Exactly. So, I mean, to me, and Orton's just, you know, as a singles, I don't know. We've He's kind of done everything in that role. To me, all three guys in the act, Orton, Wyatt, and Harper, benefit as a collective more than they would being a part. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry, your question. Um, I was going to move to the uh, return of John Cena oh. and uh, what you thought of, of his promo. That was very good. Yeah, I really it, liked it. It was really good. Um, he's What an interesting character he's become. Because he is, I think, maybe the only performer in the history of this company that can simultaneously play top heel and top face at the same time. <laughs> pull, it, pull it off. Yeah. Both roles. Like, it's really kind of astounding. Like, he's cutting a baby face promo. But knowing damn well the buttons he's pushing are going to piss off certain parts of the audience. And he's energizing his fan base and pissing off the detractors very well at the same time. It's really impressive, to be honest with you. It's exactly what they wish Roman Reigns could do. Yes. Again, we've said this, the Reigns-Cena comparison. Don't flatter yourself, Roman. (laughs) He doesn't have the face pop that Cena has. He's got the booze, um, but he does not know how to play against those boos like john cena does the the perfect way john cena co- uh closed that promo about you know i can do it because i'm john cena or whatever and then he just walked off was awesome yeah. so um i think we're getting some clues as to where they're heading for wrestlemania here um the reason i wanted to bring this up is because you're gonna have aj and cena at the rumble posted an update today on top rope press about some rumors and some confirmed matches for wrestlemania and uh we're not really sure where they're going with the titles but it seems like it could be likely that cena would win the belt at the rumble just because um aj's kind of got the upper hand on him last few times they've been together and cena usually gets his win back so uh 
We're possibly looking at John Cena and Undertaker for the belt at WrestleMania, which we've talked about on this show as being a possibility. Um, do you think John Cena plays heel if they do go that route against the Undertaker? Or do you think he'll, he's just a tweener? He'll have no choice with the live audience. Yeah. Mania, in a mania. I mean, John Cena is always the biggest heel in a mania crowd. I, I think the only exception really was the Rusev match. Mm-hmm. And that was like they went, you know, xenophobia was running wild before that. I mean, you know, you'd have to be a real communist shill like myself to cheer for Rusev. <laughs> in that situation but um i mean really has there been any other situation where cena has a big, biggest heel in the building at wrestlemania going back to like 22 yeah not like since Triple- 22 no yeah he's almost always um but you know he'll still get you i don't think he'll play a heel in the class i mean you're not going to get a john cena heel turn no i yeah he'll i just- thought this week though was like kind of a preview as to where they're going to be going though because cena was a little bit more agitated than usual i thought like a little more aggressive with the crowd and i think that's kind of the character you're going to see if they build to a match with undertaker and it's the character i want to see truth be told um what do you think about cena challenging for the belt at rumble and uh possibly going into mania as the champion as opposed to the storyline which i think you and i had kind of theorized which was him either winning the rumble or going into mania as the challenger and trying to tie the fictitious flair record there. What do you think about that? Cause I was, it's okay, I guess, but I, I think I, you know, not to be a mark for myself kind of liked my way better. Yeah. I like, I like seeing a challenging at mania against a champion undertaker better personally. Yeah. Like I would have, I would have brought back undertaker at the rumble and had him win the yes. belt from AJ. I thought, I think that is a better story. Um, yeah. Building up to Topping Ric Flair or whatever um, at WrestleMania would be better. Or tying Ric Flair. Is he tying Ric Flair at this point? Well, yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, what <laughs> depends tying, how you count him. Yeah, tying Ric Flair in WWE's world. But yeah, it's also kind of weird because. I mean, I guess they, there's a few weeks between now and Rumble, but that's kind of a big deal. And they're going to do it at the Rumble. I, I don't know. Maybe and they, they really pushed AJ. Well, I guess they were pushing the Wyatts as unbeatable, and they lost like the next week, so that the the precedent's been set. But I don't know. I wonder if Cena does beat AJ at the Rumble. I mean, I can see it obviously for long term, but I don't know. If if I'm booking this, if if Undertaker's not winning the belt, like we had talked about doing that storyline, I'd rather just keep the belt on AJ personally because I I feel like Cena Taker doesn't need the belt to be a big deal. And uh, kind of just leave Styles out to dry. Like, what what direction they go in with him? But well, you probably bring like Nakamura up, maybe. That's what I'd I'd hoped. We'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see. I mean, again, you know, uh, post Rumble, um, you know, NXT. <coughs> pardon me. That there may be some call ups there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Mania season. So, yeah, I mean, I can I mean, Cena, it's interesting. I, they've really cleared the deck in that Rumble match to be all about Lesnar-Goldberg, I think. Yeah. Unless if The Undertaker comes out as, like, a surprise. You know, that's been theorized. But I don't know. Like, I think the two title matches, while, okay, they've got the two big stars challenging. 
I might have gone in different directions. I, I liked bringing Taker back as a, an additional hook for the Rumble, in addition to the Rumble match itself. And you know what? I think they should have gone Owens-Jericho. I think they should have done that split and had that be the Raw title match. Because I, yeah. I wanted that be a title match, and I'm worried that it may not, like, okay, they might work at Mania, but it won't be in a title match situation. I, I just feel like Owens and Reigns, like, it doesn't feel special at all because they've worked on TV, what, the last two weeks? Mm-hmm. And now they're, I mean, all right, Jericho's in a shark cage, but why? Hasn't Reigns already beat pinned Owens? Like, why does he need Jericho in a shark cage? So, um, I mean, these are minor nitpicks, and people go, oh, what do you, you know, people are like, oh, typical complaining, but I just think they're minor, you know. The card shapes up as pretty well, but man, you could have had some bigger names in that Rumble, and it would have been sweet. Like I would have loved to have Goldberg, Cena, Reigns all in the Rumble. Yeah, then you know two of them, or maybe even three of them, are gonna have to get tossed. I think Brock and Goldberg are going to eliminate each other in the Rumble, and that's going to lead towards their uh, WrestleMania match. God, I don't want to see that match. <laughs> Supposedly, that's locked in for WrestleMania: Brock Lesnar and Bill Goldberg. I got three matches locked in that one Rollins Triple H and the big one that you've been waiting years to see Shaquille O'Neal taking on the big show. Oh boy. Yeah. First match signed for this year's best way. Other than <laughs> other than that Cena rock match, has any match been signed further in advance of WrestleMania? <laughs> that could be a trivia question. Yeah. Um, who wins the rumble now? I think, well, if you read The Observer, it seems like they're trending towards either The Undertaker or Braun Strowman. You know, as much as people want to, you know, some people want to scoff and poo-poo at Braun Strowman, he's been booked really well. I mean, the booking of him has maybe been the highlight of Raw over the last month. You can, you know, maybe you question, eh, I don't like this guy, big guy, typical slow guy, guy Vince falls in love with, but, but they've booked him really well. I think he's been booked good, but if he wins the Rumble, you're going to get Reigns and Strowman as your Raw title match at WrestleMania. <laughs> that I don't like so much. Here's something that, you know, because I, I read the update that, that you talked about, and Roman Reigns is the U.S. champion, by the way. Yeah. We forgot about, what was the purpose of that? <laughs> I, I don't know what the purpose is, and they got to get rid of it at this point unless they're going to elevate it again because the, i thought the whole idea was they're going to elevate the belt like when uh john cena had it but instead it's just like a prop he carries around yeah it's just like oh i'm the number one contender yeah he like never defends it it just i don't know or i thought the idea was you know similar to what you said oh well you know we're gonna keep reigns out of the title picture he's gonna be the u.s champion kind of again like what they did with cena but that hasn't happened at all yeah that whole thing. I, I don't, I mean, I'll say this. The rumble is always better when you don't necessarily know who's going to win. That's not a rule because there have been rumbles where it's obvious who's going to win and they're still pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this one, it, it could, I don't, it, there's not a large pool of winners. It could be, but uh, there's no lock for sure. Other than un- Undertaker could come back. What is a surprise? By the way, what was the purpose of that promo? Him saying, he wasn't going to be defined by mania when it's very clear he's just going to be defined by mania again. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, the whole thing really didn't have any follow-up. After yeah. Like that's that's kind of why, why I thought he was going to be challenging styles, at the rumble. I was like, okay, he's going to want the title, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. Apparently he's just going to want to come back and be in the main event at WrestleMania. Uh, 
if that happens. So Strowman's a guy, I guess, who's on the short list. I don't see that happening. I hope I, not. Um, what about if they did Jericho? And like they did the, they kind of parroted the Triple H Batista thing from 05, where it's kind of obvious who he'll challenge, but they kind of, you know, taunt the audience. Oh, I would, you know, never challenge you, my friend. And then he does. Because that's a match people want to see. Yeah. Now, the only issue with that is Owens Jericho reeks of a mid card world title match at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to wrestle at WrestleMania, but it won't be for the title. I think they'll, they're going to get it off Owens before then. Uh, if I'm picking a raw guy to win, obviously Rollins isn't winning it because he's slated with oh, Triple H. Or should he? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess as you look down the roster, I wouldn't mind Jericho winning it if it, if it was to set that up. Um, I still like Nakamura as a surprise winning it and challenging AJ Styles at Mania. I mean, honestly, they could keep him on NXT and just know that he's got this title match in his back pocket. He wouldn't even have to, like, fully come up to the main roster yet. Um, and then, like, that's his big debut after the Rumble, after being a surprise in the Rumble. Is this, he's getting a title match at WrestleMania. Yeah, I can't see them doing that, though. I, there's yeah, no, there's no way Vince will like go for that. Yeah. I know Triple H was talking about guys going back and forth between brands, but that's not going to be till. So it's not going to be till the clock strikes midnight on Vince McMahon. <laughs> that's I, be, I don't mind movie yeah. here, but yeah, that the Vince McMahon WWE. If people didn't read that Triple H, who did he do that interview with? By the way, where he talked about NXT. Who was that? Is that ESPN. It was some major. Yeah, I think it was the, the ESPN WWE uh, section. Yeah, if anyone read that, I think a lot of those things are not going to happen in the immediate future. That he yeah, I think uh, yeah, my top choices would probably be I don't mind Undertaker winning it um, if they're if they're moving into a, a big direction with him for Mania. Jericho would be fine. Obviously, I like the Nakamura surprise, um, but I don't know. We'll see we where talk, it goes. We talked about it, and then we'll get to the awards. SmackDown's got the Elimination Chamber. In February, because yeah. right now it's still slated. And that, to me, seems like a logical way to decide um, its challenger. Yeah. That, that match. So it, Raw, seem, it, it seems to me that Raw needs the to have the Rumble winner more than SmackDown. That's yeah. And I would still rather see Goldberg win it and not wrestle Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I don't give a shit what you say. Well, we will be live on YouTube. This will be for all, not just Patreon supporters, um, following the Royal Rumble with a special live podcast of the show and webcast. So uh, you can you can tune in then. And uh, the fact that we're talking about the Royal Rumble means that we are nearing the end of the year. So we did want to kind of just go through uh, the year-end awards that we're going to be presenting over at Top Rope Press. And uh, we do have our winners tallied. And we'll be rolling out those announcements uh, throughout the week. I guess we'd say we'll have like a feature story on every award and why we think the person who won deserved to win. We had a staff vote on it, kind of a closed vote. I did I did put up some polls on Twitter the other day just to see what our followers thought, just out of curiosity. But we uh, polled our staff just like we did the last couple of years. And uh, while we're not going to announce the winners on the show today, I thought it would be fun to just kind of go through who some of the finalists were on our ballot among the staff and uh, just kind of debate or talk about who we think was most deserving. So, and, and I'd like to point out since unfortunately I've been taken away from too much of the site, I wasn't a part of the nominating process as much as I'd like to be. So I can now 
um, nitpick it and draw the ire of Ryan. <laughs> you guys, can, if, you're, if you're looking at video, you can see him hold his breath and say, you motherfucker. You had a week to submit those nominations. <laughs> you had a week to submit these, and you're springing on this thing now? Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, so he did not, Kyle did vote, though. He didn't nominate anything for the I did vote. I, I did always vote. vote. I always vote, and uh, I'll tell you what, if 2016's any indication, the vote never goes my way. <laughs> or mine. Do, do, yes. <laughs> Well, it did a few years back, but now it's trending the other direction. You're telling me, 2016, the end of analytics. The only good thing that happened in 2016 was the Cubs winning the World Series. And, well, I guess you would say the Cavs winning the NBA championship. Yes, there we go. Hey, we oh. both had some w- big wins this year. That was true. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, for the ultimate prize, we had to sacrifice so much. I know. <sighs> and that if that is true, because, you know, the Cubs, the drought, and Cleveland had the big drought. And yes. we gave up a lot to get those championships. So uh, we're going to be paying for it now. Like our freedom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyways before we turn off more than a uh, half of our audience here or 46 percent of our audience let's yeah, uh, say we know it's not 50 <laughs> we know it's less than 48 percent and they don't have they don't have internet in the south anyway so that's okay <laughs> well let's talk about these categories all right all right so one of the awards we're giving Far out here. was uh most shocking moment and uh, our finalists as nominated for our staff for 2016 was AJ Styles enters the Rumble, the uh, exodus of talent from New Japan back in January, uh, Shane McMahon leaping from the Hell in a Cell at Mania last year, Brock Lesnar's UFC return, Goldberg's WWE return, and Charlotte turns on Ric Flair. So, Kyle, since you did not nominate anything for this <laughs> ballot, let's hear your input here. What do you think on those nominees or anything else you would have put in there? Um. I the only thing that to me is like a non-contender would be the Charlotte turning on Ric Flair just because I think that's largely been forgotten. I know they've referenced it in passing in the Sasha feud, but that that wouldn't be a contender for me in the kayfabe sense, which there's nothing wrong with. Uh, Shane certainly deserves to be nominated, although I think we all decide actually building up to Mania 32. But I think we all knew there was going to be some sort of ridiculous high spot to justify Shane's inclusion in that match. Yeah. Uh, the other three are all really good. I don't know. Nothing, nothing really shocks me anymore these days. Go, although I'll say this Goldberg coming back was definitely pretty surprising. I did not see that. And I would say it's between that and the exodus of talent from New Japan. That was something also that caught my eye because the story of the year to me in 2016, and we can get this later, is. WWE sort of acknowledging the outside wrestling world, something it has really not done uh, throughout its history. Yeah. Except for that great uh, time period where they um, had a working relationship with Smoky Mountain Wrestling. ECW briefly too in 97. Yeah. 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 That's true. I thought the Smoky Mountain thing was better. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> yeah. I could, I could nitpick this list a little bit because. Uh, I wouldn't put AJ and the Royal Rumble as shocking just because we already knew like he had signed with WWE. Yeah. If I'm yeah. talking about most shocking and Charlotte turning flair, um, we knew that was going to happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah. Like you said, the new Japan exodus, that was really shocking uh, because I remember watching wrestle kingdom and then hearing about that, like the next day could not yeah. believe it. Um, yeah. yeah it, with Shane, we knew he'd do a high spot. Goldberg's return, uh, I think his initial return where he announced him for the video game was shocking. I think 
the in-ring return wasn't really because we've seen this now with like the video game cover athletes coming back, like with Sting. For me, the the biggest shocking moment was Brock Lesnar's UFC return. I was mm. completely shocked when I heard about. It. I distinctly remember over the summer, I was out with some buddies at a bar. And uh, we were playing darts, and I looked up at the TV, and I saw it scrolling across ESPN's bottom line that Goldberg was going to be fighting in, at UFC in just like three or four weeks from when I was what? seeing that. And no, there had been no talk about that at all. So I thought it was shocking. Yeah, I don't know. It was always kind of in his heart, though, I think, to do it. But yeah, I mean, again, that's a worthy contender. Considering he's I, under WWE contract, too. You know, again, I think it goes back to the larger story here of WWE willing to play ball with the outside world and other promotions which yeah. um has never been the case i mean this was a company that brought rick flair in in 1991 and acted like he was some paper champion of some rinky dink promotion I, i'm still waiting to see if there's any uh payback from you know ufc for uh wb allowing brock to take that fight because at Rod- the time that was the that was the rumor is that maybe Ronda Rousey would be coming in for Mania, um, which seems likely still. Some of it might depend on what happens in her fight, which uh, we are recording this Friday afternoon. So by the time you hear this, we you will know if she won or lost um, at UFC Friday night. But if she, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. If she loses, does that make her any less valuable to WWE? Well, I mean, Brock's steroid test didn't hurt him at all. So... Yeah. Probably if, not, but it wins. Is it then harder for WWE to get her though? Hmm. I That's don't think big... so. Not if they not if they have a working arrangement going back okay. to last summer over well, this. All I'm saying is, I mean, UFC, if she wins, UFC is gonna have arguably its biggest fight ever on deck, which would be Rousey and Holly Holm in the rematch. What is yeah. this, a Dave Meltzer podcast, by the way? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they may want to protect that investment yeah so i don't know we'll, we'll see where it goes but i agree that it was kind of shocking the way wwe has been interacting with rival sports entertainment companies so let's move on to the uh tag team of the year oh. and the finalists on the staff ballot were the young bucks diy american alpha new day and the revival and to me there's only two teams you can consider for this Ooh. and that's the first one I read and the last one I read, the Bucks and Revival. I think Revival, no doubt, has been the best tag team in WWE slash NXT. Um, but I still think the Young Bucks are the best tag team in the world oh, right now. Oh, I voted for the Revival. I, <laughs> I voted for the Revival and I'm fairly adamant that they should win. Um, I think it's very notable what the Bucks have been able to do in the outside WWE world. Uh, and maybe this will put me on an island. I just prefer the Revival style. I think I think it's just a matter of style. I, I just, um, I think that's what it comes down to. I like I like them both a lot. Those would be my yeah. top two. Easily. I, I think I think it would be one hell of a match. Oh yeah, it, it would be really interesting because it's two completely different styles. Uh, as far as the other contenders go, I think DIY uh, deserves some serious consideration. They are a fantastic babyface tag team. I think the only thing hurting them is just the body of work for 2016, just because they weren't together. The whole year, and, but God, their highs are as high as anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. New, I think New, New Day. Day that, that's again. That's like in a kayfabe sense. Like they'll win the Slammies, obviously. 
because they have the record breaking thing. So, I mean, they, you know, I mean, if you want to look at it in that sense, they deserve consideration. Uh, they're certainly not my favorite act uh, on this list. As a matter of fact, they may be my least favorite. Um, American Alpha, they're very, actually, to be honest, American Alpha is the one who should be last on this yeah. list. I, I'm not positive. I can't remember offhand, but I think New Day won last year on the site. I know it was down between them and the Young Bucks again. I'm pretty sure. And maybe, maybe, uh, Anderson and Gallows from New Japan at the time. But, New Day's uh, hotter coming into this year than they do next. By the way, on my wish list for 2017, Big E Langston to turn heel on these other two Jabron. <laughs> I would love that. I would love to see that. Uh, all right. This is, we're going to have some of the same nominees on this award as Shocking Moment and a few different ones, but this was for Story of the Year. Uh, so again, we got Brock making his UFC return. Uh, we got AJ going to WWE, not not just the Rumble, but AJ going to WWE. Uh, we've got the uh, WWE brand split and draft. Got Goldberg defeating Lesnar at Survivor Series, hmm. and uh, Matt Hardy becoming the Broken One uh, for TNA. And then I guess we also had the uh, New Japan Exodus there as well, which that and the AJ one are kind of related. But your thoughts on uh, Story uh of the Year? This is where I clearly would nominate WWE's acknowledgement of the outside world. And just, I think it's, I don't know how to summarize what I think the story of the year is. So help me here. It's basically WWE acknowledging these out, you know, them saying things like New Japan Pro Wrestling on t its television and kind of that in concert with the proliferation of content that we see mm -hmm. on the, on the network. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, things like this UK tournament, the Cruiserweight Classic. I just think it's the story of the year. If I can try to put a bow tie on it with words is being more open-minded in some regards. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I don't know how much that stuff has made an impact on their bottom line. If it has at all, but uh, I think it's a story because I mean, before 2016 with the W, would you ever have imagined the WWE doing something like the Cruiserweight Classic? No. Or would Chance. you ever have imagined uh, a year where, eight, well, I guess Punk and Brian set a precedent, but to me, it's still pretty shocking that AJ Styles and Kevin Owens are your two singles champions on the brand. Mm -hmm. I just think, I think there's just, a, I think, you know, as much as people want to criticize WWE um, and Vince and, you know, his big man mindset, the WWE right now is more open-minded than it has ever been in its history. Or none. Yeah, I, I don't think you can even argue with that. That's for sure. Um, I think the story of the year, though, has to be the brand split and draft just because it's completely changed WWE moving forward. Yeah, I, I, yeah. as far as an on-screen uh, story, yes. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yes. So, yeah, some worthy nominees there. Uh Event of the year, another award category. We've got just four here that kind of made the cut on our final ballot for the staff. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom 10, NXT TakeOver Toronto, NXT TakeOver Dallas, see a trend there, and the Cruiserweight Classic. We probably should have had... I no, Brooklyn? Have, uh, Brooklyn did not make the cut. Oh, I, I love Brooklyn. I know that... I know it's event of the year. But we did have Cruiserweight Classic, which was more than one day. So we probably should have had the uh, New Japan G1 on here, too. But uh, those yeah. were the four that, that made the list. And of those four, 
uh, of the takeover shows, I thought uh, takeover Toronto was the best, but overall I can't give it to anything, but wrestle kingdom 10 solely because of the, well, it had a lot of good matches, but the last two matches on that show were arguably five stars each. Great, great matches. It's, you know, you made a point with the G1. Um, God, all those takeover shows are really good. I think Brooklyn deserved to be nominated. I mean, the tag title match and then that Oscar Bailey match. God, yeah. that was like, I remember watching that and then like they had stuff like Bobby Roode. The crowd was so into him. I don't know. I just. God, I love, I'm a huge NXT takeover guy. I love it. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm recalling this wrong, but I thought Brooklyn was kind of a letdown compared to the other. Not that it was a bad show, but it I wasn't. Remember. It does. It definitely wasn't as good as Brooklyn the year before. Well, the Brooklyn the year before had Sasha Bailey. Yeah, which was probably the best women's match in WWE history. Mm-hmm. I, I still really enjoyed. It. I, I enjoyed all three takeovers. I. You know what's notable to me? What, what do you? Notable to me about this list. Um, that there's no WWE main show. Yes. Uh, particularly WrestleMania. Like when would like WrestleMania, as much as people again complain about the product, WrestleMania, we're we're in an era where it's never been as consistently good as much as I love my youth and you know, love romanticizing about, you know, looking forward to WrestleMania in those days. WrestleMania on average is much better in the modern era than it was. Oh yeah. I mean, there were some, I mean, there, but this year's WrestleMania was probably the worst WrestleMania in a long time. Yeah. This year's WrestleMania is really disappointing. And a lot, some of that was due to the injuries they had. There was, the and it was too long. And I had some buddies over who were like, I wouldn't even call them casual fans. They just, I was like, Hey, you guys want to come over and watch WrestleMania? And God, some of these guys were in like a coma by the end of the show. I think one of my buddies fell asleep on my couch. Well, real exciting show. Yeah, it was disappointing. I just remember by the time that Triple H Roman main event rolled around, I was like, Jesus Christ, somebody put an end to this freaking show. Um, Yeah. What was the best WWE main show of the year? I feel there were some good shows, but none of them stood out. I haven't, you know, we've been doing the the live cast in recent months, so I've been I haven't been doing the five thoughts column on Top Rope Press. Abby has, but I reviewed almost all of them until a couple months ago, and it seems to me like when I was writing my reviews, it was constantly like, oh, this is a, a above average show or like a pretty good show, but I wasn't ever like blown away that this was no, just an excellent no excellent show. The SmackDown one, No Mercy. That was kind of good, but like that's not a show that's going to win like best show of the year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I would say if you picked either Wrestle Kingdom, the G1, or any of the three takeover events, I'm not going to argue with you. If you picked anything but those, I'll argue with you, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so this is a good lead into the next category, and this uh, is one Dave that always Meltzer gets people voted. talking. I was going to say Dave Meltzer voted for the Battle of Los Angeles, though, which, <laughs> was, pretty fun, which was fun, uh, I think, but I don't think it was on par with those other ones. <laughs> Should I tell the Meltzer story? Sure. Or should I tell that when we talk about match of the year? Tell it to no match. We'll talk. We'll save it for that. We'll okay. hype. All right. <laughs> I got a good Meltzer story we we're talking about off air that Kyle wants me to tell. So uh, here's our nominees for match of the year. So I think this was, was down to like eight or nine matches on the final staff ballot. Um, so let me just run through them really quickly here. So AJ Nakamura, Wrestle Kingdom 10. Young Bucks versus Addiction versus Motor City Machine Guns from uh, ROH Ladder War. Omega and Naito from the G1. 
Uh, Nakamura Zayn NXT TakeOver Dallas. Okada Marafuji from the G1. They also had an excellent match at King of Pro Wrestling, but that one did not make our final list. Uh, Osprey Skrull from RevPro High Stakes. Okada Tanahashi, Wrestle Kingdom 10. Uh, Ishii Okada, G1. And the Revival DIY from NXT TakeOver Toronto. Um, certainly a lot of other matches that could have made this list. The Ricochet-Will Osprey match that got so much attention. Uh, was that like late spring? That, mm-hmm. that could have been on here. Uh, there's some other uh, Omega matches, I think, that could have made the list. Um, to me, on this list, I'd have to go with either Tanahashi and Okada from Wrestle Kingdom or Styles Nakamura, also from the same show. Although, Omega Naito match is really good, too. There's, yeah. there's, there's been a lot of good wrestling matches this year. If, if you're a wrestling fan, we've said this before, you have no reason to complain. There's so much great wrestling going on in the world right now. So where would fact, your vote be? Fact or fiction? This is the most wide open race for this category maybe ever. I think so, because usually there's one match that like everyone agrees on and then like one or two matches and then some they're just just below that, like just one tier below that. But there was several, quote, five star matches or close to five star matches this year. Yeah, I, I, there was like a time, you know, when there was, you know, going way back, you know, not sound like I'm 82 years old, but like, you know, when you'd go into like, you know, the 90 early 90s to mid 90s, like the finalists were pretty obvious. You know, there's only like five matches to choose from. Um, here, I mean, geez, I mean, there's like 20 probably. Um, yeah, Omega Naito's on there. Ishii Okada, Okada Tanahashi. I love both Revival DIY matches from TakeOver or from Toronto and Brooklyn. I think both deserve uh, to be on there. Um, I would not put Osprey and Ricochet um, on my short list. Um, I would not have put that six man from Pro Wrestling Gorilla that Meltzer gave five stars to on my short list. It was really fun, and I really liked it. But, you know, that and the Osprey-Ricochet thing, you know, they're not for everybody, I guess, those matches. I I love the Osprey-Ricochet match, personally. But... Uh, okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't give I it match t- of the year, though. No, I, you know what I'm saying. Like I did too. But, yeah, you can see um, how some people don't like it. Yeah, yeah, I can see how some people don't like it. I've shown that match to people that are way beyond being wrestling fans. Like they have no interest in pro wrestling, and they thought it was awesome. So I don't know. I see that as like a a match that you can show anyone, and it's just like it's like a stunt show. It's crazy. People be entertained by it, but it's not, it's not in a lot of ways. It's not what you think of as a a great classic wrestling match, but it's maybe it's a preview into the future. So yeah, and some people don't like that. Uh, Again, I'm not to criticize it. And and I thought, you know, Vader's response was silly, but Mm -hmm. um, by the way, please, I hope he gets well. So I'm not going to criticize the man. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. There was just so much good. I like, I feel that like, I would change my vote on this every week. Yeah. Depending on like my mood or what I had seen last. There were some like, there were some like really good WWF matches too, or WWF WWE matches uh, that like won't even probably sniff people's like finals. I mean, 
Roman Reigns and AJ Styles, that first match they had on pay-per-view, like no one remembers that at all. That is a tremendous professional wrestling match that people should go back and watch. And Styles uh, Cena. Yes, and uh, Owen Zane mm-hmm. in the one summer pay-per-view show. I can't even remember which show it was on. Um, there were just, you know, and Styles Ambrose that just happened in December. That was really good. Yeah. Um, that was probably the best, uh, easily the best singles match of Dean Ambrose's career. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ziggler Miz was really good. Uh, there was just a ton of stuff to choose from. There has never probably been a year where there's been more matches, four and a half stars and above. It used to be, you know, even including Japan, Ryan, I mean, like in the early 90s, what, there'd be like five matches every year that get four and a half stars or higher? Yeah, most and that of was the J-Cup. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that was when like WCW was in existence too. Yeah, yeah. five's a little low, but like not, not more than 10 if you include mm-hmm. New Japan and North America. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, when I looked at just knowing how this turned out with the results, um, I kind of wondered because there's so many great matches on this list and the votes were spread so thin that it didn't actually require that many votes to win this year. I kind of wondered like oh should we go back and do the ballot again but do it like a tournament and but then uh the match that won which you'll see on top rope press this week definitely is deserving but uh, i did kind of question the method at the end like if we got eight or nine matches on here and one vote is that really like the best way to determine it with so many great matches should we have you know spread out the well, vote i don't know well that illustrates basically the point that i just rambled on about for five yeah years. yeah there's too much <laughs> to pick from <laughs> yeah there was there was almost just too much to pick from the sure i would say Go Okada, Tanahashi, Ishii, Okada, or Omega Naito. Yeah. One of those. Three. And pick, pick, either, pick, yeah, pick any one of those three and you're cool with me. All right. This next one, um, I've got four more here. The next one, I want to make sure people recognize this is not wrestler of the year. This is MVP. So the MVP was, award is supposed to be meant for like this person means the most to their promotion. If you take them away, the promotion would suffer the most. And to me, there's only one person that could win this award. Uh, but the nominees were EC3 for TNA, uh, Naito, New Japan, Kenny Omega, New Japan, AJ, WWE, The Miz, WWE, and Matt Hardy, TNA. So I don't even know how The Miz got on this list, to be honest with you. I love, I love what The Miz has done this year, but he's not the MVP yeah. of WWE. Uh, to be honest with you, no one from WWE should be on this list. The WWE is a machine. Exactly. Is- I think other than, you know, there is one notable name missing from that list. No one wants to give the man credit. We did earlier in this program. But there's only one guy from WWE who deserves to be uh, in an MVP consideration the way we're defining it. It's John Cena. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No doubt. If you took anyone else out of that promotion, that promotion would not really miss a bump. That includes AJ Styles, who I love. Yeah, and we'll talk more about AJ with the uh, the Wrestler of the Year award because no doubt his performances have been beyond, I think, what anyone else in WWE has done this year. But uh, yeah, that was my point too, is you take AJ out of WWE, the machine keeps running. Now, my pick on this one, I think if you took him out this year, the promotion really would have suffered given the exodus from the promotion in January. So mm-hmm. Kenny Omega has really risen to another level. And he was like, you know, the middle of the Bullet Club before AJ and Anderson and Gallows left. Um, he was he was up and coming. People liked him. He had a he had a core following. But when you took th- the three top guys out of the best um, stable in the world, I think 
Bullet Club for sure is the best stable going in wrestling right now. Um, and all of a sudden they up and left. And then uh, you take Shinsuke Nakamura, the biggest star in Japan, arguably, also out of the promotion. I think people might, may have had a little bit of a panic in New Japan. What was going to happen? They still had Okada. They still had Tanahashi. Uh, but Kenny Omega, to me, has been the MVP in pro wrestling. I think New Japan without him this year and him rising to the top would have uh, really suffered a lot. I'm really looking forward to his match with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 11 here uh, next week. I agree with you. Uh, the only point I'll make is, would there be an argument for Matt Hardy if TNA was not just such a shitty... <laughs> that actually is the other person I did debate voting for, because okay. can you imagine TNA without Matt Hardy like, stuff this like, year? I just feel that like when you compare... like I get what you're saying about Omega. It was completely accurate. Uh, but there are other quality people in New Japan. Like to me, if you had taken Matt Hardy out of TNA, is there a single relevant or interesting thing that happened <laughs> in that promotion? Five or twelve, years, twelve months. No, ago. that that's the only thing going on in TNA that people are talking about. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that, that's the only thing I would follow up on. That I way. think with New Japan, because um, we had uh, Naito was also on this list, and you can make an argument for him, but I didn't vote for him because the the company didn't really give him a chance to uh run with the top of the card like people felt they took the title off of him too early back in the summer and uh he had seen it seemed like maybe he was the next top guy at new japan was going to go with but then they went back to okada who's been the guy they've been pushing now for i don't know what three four years as the uh the top guy coming up to take tanahashi spot tanahashi's like the old guy on the way out still putting on five star matches but uh yeah, I mean, Okada, he's been there. I think Omega just just changed the landscape this year in New Japan. So that that was my pick. The, the, the state, well, I don't know as much as he changed the landscape as just saved the landscape. Well, yeah, yeah. I think I think he's reinvented the Bullet Club a little bit as as the leader. So um, feud of the year. Okay, so here's the nominees. You got Joe Baller, NXT, Adam Cole, Jay Lethal, Ring of Honor, AJ and Chris Jericho, WWE. Ugh. Uh we should have had AJ and Cena WWE, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Nakamura, Joe, NXT, Naito Okada, New Japan, and Naito Tanahashi, New Japan, as feud of the year. So what what would be your choice here if you want to reveal your ballot? I've got a pretty firm opinion on this one. For me, it's uh, it's it's Ballard Joe, just because of the the length of the program, um, series of matches that went on months and months and months. I feel like this year hasn't had like your traditional long building wrestling well, that, feud. I mean that that's been a trend for years. To be honest, I was going to say like feud of the year category, which I feel has gotten. I don't know if more relevant is the correct terminology but it, it, it's certainly it's kind of the opposite of match of the year whereas you know match there's such a large pool to choose from i feel few of the year it's just just this year and it's never like oh, a even, quality. yeah well like with wwe i think some of that's due to the amount of pay-per-views and television they just they switch direction yeah. so often yeah, I was gonna say like if if you're looking WWE like you know you hit on something to be feud of the year it's got to go on for some sort of duration and I think it's got to mean something. Um, 
you know, I, I really like, you know, an NXT. Um, I actually think Joe Nakamura is a little overrated, quite frankly, as a few of the year. I think a lot of that is based on their rep. Uh, Joe Baller was, was a better feud, I think, than Joe Nakamura. Um, I, I think DIY versus Revival, again, I'll stump for them to be on that list. Mm-hmm. I think they built to a very, you know, they built to a great tag title change there with the baby faces going over. They had a tremendous series of matches throughout uh, the second half of the year. Um, you know, Ms. Ziggler just didn't, you know, have, it didn't go on long enough. I mean, it, you know, its peak was really good for that Ziggler match where he saved his career. But other than that, it wasn't that enthralling. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it deserves honorable mention at least. Um, so I don't know. I don't have I don't have a strong opinion on this. Yeah, it's Perfect. this one was hard for me to pick a winner, but yeah, I, just for what I said, I I picked uh, Joe Baller. There, there was no great, um, right? There was in the classic sense of I don't know. Name your favorite classic feud from the days of yore. There was nothing like that in my opinion this year. Yeah, there was no Steve Austin Bret Hart. Yes, good name that. Yes. <laughs> there was no Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes. There was no Hulk Hogan, Paul Orndorff. There was, yes, there was nothing like that. Um, and then we had Female Wrestler of the Year. So we got our top two left here. Male Wrestler of the Year, Female Wrestler of the Year. So females, uh, our final nominees were Sasha Banks, Charlotte, Asuka, Alexa Bliss, and a Japanese wrestler that a lot of you are probably not that familiar with, and I'm not even sure how to correctly pronounce her name. Uh, Io Shirai, is that correct? I have not seen much of her work, but she did get nominated and got a few votes in our okay. poll. Um, so she's currently working for World Wonder Ring Stardom in Japan. Okay. Uh, seen yeah. as one of the best female wrestlers in the world. She's 26 years old. So you can check some of her stuff out on YouTube, Daily Motion. But those are the nominees for Female Wrestler of the Year. I would go Sasha. Yeah, I think it's between Sasha and uh, Charlotte. And uh, personally, I, I want Sasha on my ballot. Uh, the thing with Charlotte is, you know, she had a lot of highs. I think overall as a performer, she may be the best. But she had some lows this year, too. Like, she had, she like... She's kind of inconsistent. Yeah, I, I still have a lot of problems with her on the mic. I think she's gotten better. And obviously, Sasha has problems on the mic as well. Um, yeah. But yeah. something about Bailey, Charlotte, she has like this kind of annoying tone when she's on the mic that I just well, don't you know. Like. I, mean, I think that's the point of it. By the way, how, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because I, I kind of had the same issue for a while. Remember when like they had her cut that promo, like, we are women here, us roar? like after mania, but she was supposed to be the heel. And then they like WWE was like mad about the reaction she got from the live crowd. Yeah. It's like, well, Hey, she's a heel at, you know, the other 99%, but God damn it. You, you're going to respect <laughs> it. Although that was very odd. Yeah. Yeah. So we're both in agreement. Sasha Banks. Female. Yeah. Uh, I usually, I just enjoy her work consistently the most. Okay. I agree. Same. Uh, next year. Well, it'll, it could be an interesting list. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, yes. I think Alexa would be in the running for most improved. Uh, well, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was too late of a charge for her to win this. Um, yeah, definitely. Ba- ba- Bailey's NXT work um, really deserves her. I mean, she's kind of, she's kind of eh, cooled off a little bit since the main roster, since a trend. But uh, 
you know, her, her value to that NXT brand cannot be uh, overstated enough. Yeah. Uh, the male wrestler of the year nominees to close up here. We had uh, Naito, Omega, AJ Styles, Nakamura, and Kyle O'Reilly. So to me, this was one of the easiest picks yep. on the ballot. <laughs> you can't pick anyone but AJ Styles here. I gave my vote away on the SmackDown recap. Yeah, yeah. for sure, AJ Styles. Just the I amount think... of four plus star matches he's had with so many different people this year. He's he's on a whole different level right now. Yeah, and being you know, and him coming in and succeeding in WWE is a very very big deal. Yeah, the very big deal. It cannot be understated how. Um, you know, it's not something that they're just kind of like, oh, whatever, we'll go with this guy. Some people like him. Like, they're behind him. Like, he's the fact that he's not only on top, but has the backing of the office is is very impressive. Yeah. And like you said, he, he has a good match every time out. Yeah. So except for, except for Jericho at WrestleMania, that was like not good. That was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can check out topropepress.com. I think uh, starting this weekend and then. Pretty much every day over the next week, we'll be rolling out our official announcements on uh, each of these awards. And you can see if what Kyle and I said today on the show jives with how the staff voted and who officially won. So we'll have a rationale in those articles. We'll kind of take a look back at 2016 and uh, how we got there and were some of the highlights on uh, all these categories. So uh, this is our last show, 2016. So as we go into a new year, Kyle. Anything you're looking forward to in pro wrestling? Uh, any closing comments on the show today? Any closing? What am I looking forward to? Uh, I'd like WrestleMania to be good since I'll be there. Um, I would. You know what? I you talk about rumors that I hope are true. I hope Matt Riddle is WWE bound. I hope they. You know, we talked about them opening their eyes uh, a little bit more to outside talent. Maybe they wouldn't have signed in the past. Would love, love to see him come in. That might be my number one wish. <laughs> Matt Riddle he, is awesome. Yeah. He is a Von Eric without Dallas, Texas. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to um Wrestle Kingdom next week. I'm looking forward to WrestleMania season because we usually get some of the best WWE television of the year from January to March. Mm-hmm. And uh I saw some rumors that New Japan might be uh doing a tour of the united states on their own in 2017 they're looking at that they've done the joint shows with ring of honor in the past uh so i'm i'm kind of looking forward to see if if we do have a strictly all new japan tour of the united states because that would be pretty newsworthy yeah and you know continue more content on the wwe network is always a good thing hard to keep up with kids yeah. are these days the day <laughs> and they're easy access to pro wrestling matches i have no idea how good you guys have it I know they have no idea how hard it used to be to have to pay some guy that you didn't know six ninety nine for a dubbed videotape on eBay, <laughs> or run a blockbuster video over and over looking to rent that newest Coliseum video. Do you yeah. how, do you remember how much they used to charge for those things in the WWE WWF magazine? Those videos were like fifty bucks. It was insane. Go back and look at some of the WWF ads for Coliseum yes. videos. Where did there was a discussion about that? Yeah, and like that is crazy that somebody would pay fifty dollars for a videotape. Twenty twenty five years ago, and fifty bucks would well, be like sixty seventy bucks today. It's insane. God, was that ridiculous? Yeah. 
Even with those cool covers, though, I actually have the original uh, inside the steel cage. What do they call that? Like when, like you open it up, like kind of like makes the noise. It wasn't just like a normal sleeve of the video, but it was like it was like that plastic huge. Oh cover. yeah, you know, I have yep. that inside the steel cage. <laughs> like a very underrated release. Maybe sometime on these these webcasts that are exclusive to our Patreon supporters, we should just like get out our stacks of old Coliseum videos and show them well, off to the camera. Uh, when I move into the new house, that will be easier because right now, um, our current house uh, is a little small for two people, um, or at least two people that have as many hobbies as my wife. But um, and uh, my my videotapes are currently residing in a storage unit in downtown Cleveland, so they're not here, but <laughs> they will be in my basement uh, in the new house. So I am looking forward to that. Nice. All right. Well, hey, if you guys enjoyed the show, you want to support us, support what we're doing here on a weekly basis, go on over to patreon.com slash top rope nation. You get to watch our lovely faces on this webcast for all of our shows, not just the pay-per-view broadcast that everyone has access to. Uh, if you're listening to us and you just want to keep listening, hey, that's fine too. Uh, the audio will always be free to everyone. It's the video that's Patreon only, um, except for on those pay-per-view nights. But uh, if you're listening, Please hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Leave us a review. Check us out at topropepress.com. Um, you can follow Kyle on Twitter at TRP Kyle. I am at Historical Ryan. And uh, we will catch you guys in the new year, 2017. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>